We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's a brand new football season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasters are using mybookie.com slash Blue Wire to sign up this year. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Candlestick Chronicles, the 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Chris Biederman. I cover the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. With me, as always, it's my guy, the bundle of energy, Mr. Kyle Madsen of Niners Wire of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Kyle, what is the one thing you're looking forward to most in Saturday night's preseason week three against the Kansas City Chiefs? 
Gosh, that's really tough because there's so much to look forward to in this game. I really can't wait to see David Mayo in action with the threes. I, I, he got the start in week two of the preseason. I'm interested to see how he fares against the Kansas City's third string, though. I want to see if he can make a couple of plays and really show that <laughs> that you know he belongs on the field at that juncture of the preseason. <laughs> Uh, I think Kyle's kidding, but in in this <laughs> podcast we are going no, to joking here, man. <laughs> this real football talk. Uh, in in this podcast we're gonna we're gonna preview uh tomorrow night's or I guess Saturday's game. We're recording this on a Thursday night. If you hear uh, a dog panting in the background, just know that it is not me. It might be me trying to beat the heat. <laughs> <laughs> my dog is is currently trying to beat the heat uh i don't have air conditioning up here and i had to close all the windows to avoid uh, outside noise coming in so the dog's a little warm uh but that's okay he's also just eager for the preseason to end like we all are uh but we're going to talk about five things that that we want to see in this preseason game and obviously we talked a lot about jimmy garoppolo in the episode we recorded earlier this week in reaction to that pretty miserable monday night performance in Garoppolo's 2019 debut coming off that ACL injury. Uh, You can go back and listen to that on this feed wherever you listen to this pod if you would like. We're going to talk about Garoppolo a little bit because obviously that's the big storyline. That's the number one thing really uh, any 49ers fan should should be looking forward to in this game and whether or not Garoppolo can can bounce back from that one of six performance uh, with the interception. uh, Zero yards obviously. So, Kyle, what, what do you want to see from Garoppolo in, in Saturday night's game? I want to see him just put one drive together. It doesn't even have to be. I know Kyle Shanahan said in his press conference on Thursday that Garoppolo was going to play at least one full half, maybe some of the third quarter. In that time, if he can put together just one solid drive, one sustained drive where he completes you know, five of six passes and maybe throws a touchdown where... He just shows that he can still orchestrate the offense. He is confident enough on that injured leg to step in to throws, to make throws, to move around in the pocket, to to run play action, like to just kind of do what he's going to need to do in the regular season. Just show the ability to do that still. He doesn't need to be great for every series he's on the field. He just needs to show some kind of progress from where he was on Monday. Yeah, I think no matter what happens, we're going to overreact to it. Or there's just going to be a massive overreaction to it from everywhere, nationally, locally. Uh, Us as writers, we're going to write about basically everything that happens. Uh, Everyone's going to talk about everything that happens. And and I just want to see, like, normalcy. I want to see Garoppolo, like you mentioned, just do the things that we've seen him do on the practice field and just operate at that level because he clearly wasn't on Monday night. And I don't know, I don't know whether he was shook a little bit. I don't know whether his timing was off. Um, obviously, you know, there was a, there was a protection issue, a miscommunication. That was a pre-snap problem that led to Bradley Chubb pressuring Garoppolo on that second pass attempt that wound up getting intercepted by Isaac Yadam. Um, so, you know, did all those procedural things, all those things that are important to playing quarterback that, that aren't, that, that don't fly off the TV screen like throwing a 40-yard a touchdown pass might. Just just doing the little things that he needs to do to, to operate the game. Um, 
I do want to see Kyle Shanahan mix up the playbook a little bit. I I don't think it would be wise to to have Garoppolo only in shotgun throwing passes again. Um, you'd like to see some play action bootlegs. You'd like to see things like that. But what was interesting today it was talking to Kyle Shanahan and Garoppolo about it. And yeah, the 49ers are, are sort of, you know, everybody's saying they're not worried. Obviously, Garoppolo wanted to play better, but um, he's just knocking rust off, those type of things. No one's really concerned, but it feels like just just sort of the vibe in, in the building in Santa Clara was like, this is a high stakes preseason game, which is the first time I've really experienced this since I started covering yeah. the team in 2013, because typically it's like, all right, let's just make sure we do everything we can to, you know, keep everybody healthy, uh, have everybody be on track for week one. And this game is like, no, they, they really need Garoppolo to play well. And like the, the way Kyle Shanahan talked about it, like he talked about it, like it's real adversity. Um, and so like it's a preseason game, but Jimmy Garoppolo is going through real adversity because he's being, there's so much pressure on him right now to just look normal, to look like a competent quarterback, which is odd for him to say, because, you know, watching him practice throughout training camp, he's been fine. He hasn't been bad. He hasn't been unbelievable, but there, there, there have been points where he's made a lot of really nice throws. And then there was obviously last Wednesday's practice when he threw five straight interceptions and he went the majority of training camp without throwing any interceptions. It, it reminds me, it reminds me a little bit of the 2014 preseason where the 49ers, I don't know if you remember this, but they struggled badly in the mm-hmm. 2014 preseason. And there was all this talk of, there was one side that was like, yo, this offense is struggling. They're not, you know, they're not going to perform well. And and then there was this other side that was like, it was just the preseason. And then they ended up not playing very well in the regular season. They went eight and eight that year. Mm-hmm. And this preseason game against Kansas city feels like it has that same type of vibe as those 2014 games did. Like, Hey, these are a little more important than normal. Yeah. And for, and for Shanahan, I, I was going back through, through the, uh, the press conference transcript and Shanahan was asked about, you know, what obviously players go through bad weeks. And, and Shanahan, you know, was asked, like, wh- what's the what's the way for quarterbacks to to rebound from these bad weeks? And he's like, he had a really long sort of interesting answer. And just to sum it up, he said, quote, that to me is what is the hardest thing about our business. That's what's the hardest thing about the position talking about quarterbacks. I think I kind of talk about it a lot. You have to have a certain amount of ability to get into the club of being an NFL quarterback, but there's a lot of guys in the NFL who do have that ability. And once you can get into that club, then it's all about the stuff that you're, that you're mentioning, I, talking about going through adversity and things like that. Uh, how can you handle that pressure week in and week out? How can you play in the game when you're in the pocket and things are moving? When you're very clear-minded and everything's going right, you have that ability. It's not too tough. But I promise you, no matter who you are as a quarterback, you will go through rough patches and everyone will come down on you, whether it's your fault or not. It doesn't matter. You've got to deal with it. That's the challenge of the position. So even though this is the preseason and these games technically don't matter and in just about any other situation, we would not care about what's happening on the field because the only thing that matters is keeping guys healthy and ready for week one. Like this is a high stakes preseason game, and and I don't think that's overselling it. And I'm the most cynical person 
ever or one of the most cynical people when it comes to when it comes to the value of preseason. And so to me, that's 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 what's sort of interesting about this is that there actually is a lot of pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think this is I don't think this is necessarily a, a huge deal, but it is notable that Garoppolo is going back to the stadium where he had the injury. Yeah. Which he yeah, talked about. It, it's it's going to be a little bit weird for him, and and he sees it as sort of this mental stepping stone that he's going to have to take. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely symbolic for sure. Um, I want to move on real quick though. I feel like we've okay. we've broke down Garoppolo quite a bit. Sure. And at this point, it's just we got to go. We got to go see what he's got in the third week. I'm really interested in the players he's throwing to. Uh, because Kyle Shanahan's really been saying since the start of the preseason, uh, there hasn't been a receiver that's distinguished himself yet. Not He hasn't sounded really happy with the receiver group. What do you think going into this third preseason game? Do they need one guy to step up? Do they just need a good overall performance from that group? What do you, what do you think needs to happen with the receiving core that would make Kyle Shanahan walk away going, that was a that was a strong performance. I think he'd like to see something from Dante Pettis. Just have Dante Pettis make make a play or two. Just sort of because um, that's happened somewhat, you know, in, on the practice field. Not that Pettis has had a terrible camp, because I think Pettis looks a lot better than he did as a rookie. But it hasn't been the most productive camp, just in terms of you know the number of catches uh, for Pettis during practice. And yeah, like you, you want to see Pettis do something, maybe a deep pass to Marquise Goodwin. Um, maybe Debo Samuel can do something aside from just take a reverse uh, for a big gain. Maybe you, you see him become more of a, a focal part, a focal point in the passing game. Um, just looking up the stats now, Dante Pettis has zero catches. Marquise Goodwin has zero catches. Um, Jordan Matthews has one catch. You know the the team's leading receiver in terms of in terms of receptions is Richie James Jr. Uh, and then Austin Walter, the the reserve running back, Kendrick Bourne has three catches. So there really hasn't been much from the receivers in the preseason, maybe aside from Richie James. Um, and so, yeah, you 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 obviously want to see a lot more from them. I asked Kyle Shanahan because I went back and looked, and and I think this was sort of an under the radar aspect of Monday's game is that Jordan Matthews only played five snaps on offense. And I went back and counted as well as I could from the TV copy. I think four of them came with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback and Garoppolo only played 11 snaps, obviously. So the fact that Jordan Matthews is to the point now where he's working with the starters almost exclusively and, and his workload is so limited signals to me that they sort of know what they have with Matthews. And that that's usually a scenario like that bodes really well for a player who's battling for a roster spot. Uh, And so I asked Kyle Shanahan about that today. uh, And he said, you know, we feel very good about what we know about Jordan. He's had a hell of a camp. He's done very good in practice. He's been consistent in OTAs. He's been very consistent in training camp. And we've seen him a lot on tape before – we got here. I've got a lot of confidence in Jordan and I know we can win with Jordan. I don't think Kyle Shanahan is necessarily guaranteeing Jordan Matthews is going to make the team, but that's a pretty damn strong endorsement for Jordan Matthews. And like I said, we haven't seen a whole lot in the preseason. He has just one catch. And even in training camp, 
he's been he's been steady, but he hasn't been the the eye popping guy. I think you know the the guy who I think overall has had sort of the the most interesting training camp from the receiver standpoint is Kendrick Bourne because early in camp he looked like he would be a starting receiver and he was definitely their most dynamic red zone receiver. Obviously, Dante Pettis has a higher upside than those guys, and he's going to be a very important player for the offense. And And we know Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd are coming along. And then there's Trent Taylor, who's Jimmy Garoppolo's favorite target in terms of a, a receiver. So you look at it with Trent Taylor now out, and the fact that it's Jordan Matthews getting that time in the slot makes you think that maybe Matthews is going to be the one who ends up replacing Taylor while he's out for a game or two or three, however long it takes for him to recover from that Jones fracture injury and surgery. So I thought that was interesting because I came for the last few weeks, I hadn't thought too highly of Jordan Matthews chances at making the team because I thought it would be Kendrick Bourne. I thought maybe Richie James would be the one to replace Trent Taylor because of his value in the return game and the fact he plays a slot. And then I thought about it again and remembered Saturday in the last pass that Jimmy Garoppolo threw in the joint practices with the Broncos, Garoppolo found Matthews on a really, uh, a really tough contested over the middle catch that set up a quote-unquote game-winning 55-yard field goal from Robbie Gold, I was like, okay, so maybe maybe there is something to the idea that Matthews is, is one of Jimmy Garoppolo's more trusted guys, and maybe he's going to end up not only making the team, but at least early in the season having a bigger role than we all anticipated. Do you think Richie James is earning his way onto the roster. You mentioned that he's leading the team in receptions in the preseason, but we know that doesn't necessarily matter, but he's been exceptional on kickoff returns. Do you think that's going to be enough to land him a roster spot, or are they going to be happy with DJ Reed or or somebody else uh, standing back and returning kicks? I don't even think the Niners know yet. I really don't. I, I, Kyle Shanahan talked about that today too. He was saying like, there's, there are just so many decisions that we don't know how, how they're going to shake out yet. And they have to figure those things out over these next few weeks. How many defensive backs are they going to keep? How many receivers are they going to keep? Are they going to keep three quarterbacks? Um, are they, you know, how healthy is Trent Taylor? Is he going to miss enough time to the point where they need to have seven receivers or are they going to be okay with just six with Taylor being one of those guys? I don't know that they I, like I. I tried getting some answers from from somebody I know in in the building, and and like they just don't know. It is not clear cut, and it's it's going to be really interesting. And and what's interesting about it too is it's not necessarily. I mean, receiver, it's it's very much like a, a battle between the receivers to see who makes it and how it shakes out. But elsewhere, it's like the position battles are dependent on other positions, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, definitely. Like how many offensive linemen are they going to keep? Because that impacts how many defensive linemen and, and safeties and corners. It's like, it's sort of established like the pecking order, in my opinion, in terms of like the depth chart for each position, but not necessarily, um, you know, like, like it, it's, it's so complicated. Like we're talking about it, like this, but it's all it's all about just the overall roster numbers more so than the individual battles of the positions right. themselves, if that makes sense. Right. They can keep fifty-three guys. Right. That's they the, can keep fifty-three guys, yeah. Right. No, but that's what it that's what it comes down to. So so 
if we're talking about they might keep six or seven receivers, well, that depends on if they keep two or three quarterbacks or if they keep two or, or three. Or if Jared McKinnon them. starts on injured reserve right, or not. Right. There's there's so many layers to this. So no, that 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 makes a lot of sense. That's something that I'm interested in seeing though, is can Richie James put together another good performance and then can he continue to put the 49ers in good starting field position with with good kick returns? Yeah, totally. And and I do think whether it's I mean Bourne Matthews and Richie James uh, it seems like those guys are battling for one or two spots and whoever doesn't make it, I think is going to end up on a 53 man roster elsewhere. I think so too. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, bad back or something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-way shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. If shaving is a terrible experience for you, we've got you covered at Blue Wire. Our podcast network is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to save $10 on a value trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with low-quality razors from convenience stores. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Sign up today. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's... All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for just $3. To me, it seems like there are three starting jobs or, or prominent jobs that are still sort of being figured out. So you have nose tackle uh, and it looks like it's, it's Sheldon Day versus DJ Jones and DJ Jones has battled a knee injury lately. Uh, he missed some time last week. I don't think he played Monday against Denver. Um, DJ Jones is, is the more prototypical nose tackle run stuffer. Uh, I think you still need one of those players on today's roster just for short yardage situations. Sheldon Day is more of a pass rusher. I think is a little bit more versatile than Jones. He could play nose tackle too, but probably isn't as good against the run, maybe more disruptive against the pass. Um, I think both these guys are going to make the roster, uh, but it's just going to be about which one ends up playing in base downs, or, or maybe it's it's just going to be matchup based. 
and situation based and and they go with Jones in obvious running scenarios and day maybe in in passing scenarios when they're going in like a heavy nickel or, or something like that. Uh, so I'll be interested to see how that goes. You have Sam linebacker, which I've said since the start of training camp that I think Dre Greenlaw is going to end up being the starting Sam linebacker, but Malcolm Smith is still here. You're a Dre um, Greenlaw hipster. I'm a Dre Greenlaw hipster. I'd like to say I started the, the Dre Greenlaw, uh, hype train. If I may. Um, <laughs> and that that too like i'm just you know malcolm smith at at his salary it just doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense when you have somebody who even if smith is a little bit better than than greenlaw right now it seems like you'd rather just throw greenlaw in there to give him those reps because you know he's going to be your starter sure. um if not this year then you know maybe midway through the year so i i i haven't seen Smith do enough in practice to make him like the clear favorite over Greenlaw. So I think re- you should just give Greenlaw the spot now and then let him develop, uh, throw him in there because it's not like Sam linebacker is going to play a whole lot anyway. It's probably, you know, going to be on the field 30 or 40% of the time I would imagine. Um, because it's just, they're not going to be in base defense all that much. They're really only going to be two linebackers on the field for probably three quarters of the time. And that's going to be, you know, Quan Alexander and, and Fred Warner. So right. Malcolm Smith for straight green on then free safety, I think is a little bit more interesting, which is you have Tarvarius Moore, the second year player, obviously former, former cornerback last year after playing safety in college, he's now back at his natural position uh, versus Jimmy Ward, who returned to practice this week. He's been cleared for contact. Finally, uh, he's back participating in team drills and Kyle Shanahan even said he wants to get Ward to play uh, Saturday against the Chiefs. So to me, I think the free safety one's interesting. I wrote about it this week for the Sacramento Bee. Just that I think Moore has a really high ceiling and maybe he's going to be your long-term starter, but Jimmy Ward is just really like beloved by the locker room and the coaching staff. Right. And fans have this perception of Jimmy Ward that he's not any good because uh, he's never healthy. And and Kyle, you say it all the time. The best of uh, the best ability is availability. I and do I, say that. I think that's so true. That's a Kyle Madsen original. <laughs> but but, um, you know, the, the 49ers will even the, the coaching Kyle, Kyle Shanahan said he loved Jimmy Ward. Like he said that at the combine. He literally said, I love Jimmy Ward. Um, and everybody talks about his preparation and the way he plays. I think Jimmy Ward is a good player. He gets a bad rap for the health issues, obviously. And obviously, it's not ideal to have a player who's been injured as often as he is. But when he's there, he's he's good. Right. Um, but Tervarius Moore has been available. He's been ascending on this trajectory that, you know, he picked Jimmy Garoppolo twice in practice. He had an interception in Denver. Um, the fact that he took over the starting job or at least the starting reps from Adrian Colbert, like the third day of camp was, was very notable. And maybe that says more about Colbert than more. Sure. Um, but I think it's interesting because you have two players at very different portions of their career. And I think Jimmy Ward should be the favorite probably. Um, but 
I think with more too, the 49ers probably feel really good about their first two free safeties now. Even if Jimmy Ward were to get injured again, they wouldn't have a problem having Tarverius more play because he's been getting all these reps in, in training camp. Yeah, and and the other thing with those sa- with that safety spot is I think Jaquaski Tart showed against Denver just how much better he is than any other strong safety option. He was he was really really good, and he's another player who it seems like injuries have given him a a, a, a reputation that's below what his skill set is or below what his skill level is. So I think I think that free safety spot is a lot more interesting knowing that uh, the strong safety job is probably locked up. So I'm very interested to see how that shakes out. I think Tart's a good player. I think he's he's particularly athletic for a guy his size and the fact that he could play free safety and strong safety in the box um, is a testament to, to his versatility. His issue, like you mentioned, is, is the injuries. He's missed 15 games combined over the last two years. And takeaways, he's forced one fumble in his four seasons, and that came his rookie year. And he hasn't done, he hasn't forced a fumble since 2015, which obviously isn't ideal for for a, a safety, particularly somebody in the box. Uh, he only has two interceptions, one in each of the last two years. So you know, we he's a good player. He's pretty good in coverage. He's pretty good in in the running game. He knows the defense. He's talented and he's skilled. Um, but injuries have been an issue and he doesn't force, force takeaways. And maybe, maybe, you know, that's, that's emblematic of the defensive line, not pressuring quarterbacks as often as the 49ers need them to also. So yeah, I'm with you, uh, on Tart. I think he's a good player. We just, we just, you know, the Niners would love to see like him play a 16 game schedule. That would be good for them. Yeah. It feels like that's the case for quite a few of the players on the roster at this point. All right. So. We also have the debut of the Hot Boys. Um, I actually asked Fred Warner. Oh, you mean I, the Niners linebackers? So. Yeah, the Niners linebackers, not the rap group. That group is uh, over what twenty-two years old now. Can we can we change the name of this podcast to Candlestick Chronicles with the Hot Boys, Chris Biederman and Kyle Madsen? <laughs> well, we would we would be like the fourth iteration of the Hot Boys. That's fine. Because you, you have the rap group, you have the Cowboys linebackers, and you also have the Niners linebackers. Um, so for my story that I wrote about the Hot Boys while I was in Denver, uh, I just spelt it Hot Boys, B-O-Y-S, because that's how you spelt the name of the uh, of the rap group. And I asked Fred Warner, right. if, you know, obviously Quan Alexander came up with it, and he's from, he's from the South, so I just assumed that, you know, it's after the Hot Boys. And I also didn't want to be the white guy being like, Oh yeah, check out these dudes. They obviously call themselves Hot Boys with a Z, you know? Like cool. I wasn't trying to do that. So, uh, but Fred Warner confirmed that it, it's probably going to be two Zs if they ever write it out. So it would be B O Y Z Z. So just make sure when you're when you're writing your content at Niners Wire it's Hot Boys with two Zs. Okay, uh, very but they're good. Gonna, thank you for letting me know. Yeah, no, it's it's a stylistic thing, and it's important well, that, in, in journalism circles. It's it's, it's honestly you're going to be surprised to hear this. Not in the AP style book. Wow, yeah, that is surprising. Um, yeah, so Quan Alexander and Fred Warner are going to make their debuts. They have not played in the preseason. Uh, for Warner, I think it's a testament to the way he's been practicing. He's been really, really good. 
Um, and for Alexander, he's obviously coming off the ACL injury that he sustained in October. Uh, but he's also looked good in training camp and, and hasn't really been held back at all really since the first week. He's been he's been a full go. So he looks like he's just about fully recovered from his ACL injury, which is which is obviously good news for the 49ers, because when he first signed that contract and, you know, four years, fifty four million dollars to a guy coming off an ACL tear, you were a little bit worried. But I think with what we've seen on the practice field, that can be alleviated. And then the last thing we want to look at Saturday night in Kansas City is the offensive line. And the 49ers got some good news today on Thursday with the return of Mike Person, who had a foot injury in Denver. Really, it, it seemed like something he had been de- dealing with for the better part of the last couple of weeks. Um, but it, it was painful enough to where he actually had to leave practice and uh, get an MRI and was in a walking boot. But he was back at back at practice today. Obviously, they're starting right guard. And Joshua Garnett, also back at practice, had a uh, not a cast, but like a protective hard sleeve thing he was wearing over his, his glove on his right hand to protect his surgically repaired dislocated finger. Um, so he's back. So that bumps Najee Toran essentially from first string to third string in, in terms of right guard. And I think that's better for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, we haven't seen Garnett play much, but I can I'm, I feel pretty comfortable saying he's a, he's more talented than Najee Toran. I think Kyle Shanahan would probably feel more comfortable with him than Najee Toran because Garnett was getting time with the starters early in training camp and throughout OTAs. And Persons, obviously, the starter at right guard. So for Jimmy Garoppolo, he should feel better knowing he's going to have two of the 49ers, you know, top guards uh, in there. And and obviously, Toran, you know, struggled a little bit and and allowed – uh, the Shelby Harris, the defensive tackle from the Broncos to to stay in, in the passing lanes and break up those two passes at the line of scrimmage, which obviously were were important factors in that first quarter on Monday. Yeah, that's that's gonna be one of the that was one of the factors that didn't get talked about a lot around Garoppolo's performance was the A, the performance of the offensive line and B specifically the the performance of of Najee Toran he's a third maybe a fourth string guard getting uh getting a start against what should be a very good defensive front so i think getting person and or garnett back in the lineup will be will be will be big it's not going to be the the factor that's going to single-handedly help garoppolo improve but i think it's going to be a factor for sure and just getting that group back together, at least for one game ahead of the regular season, is going to be a big deal as well because they made a point to have continuity at that spot and injuries have kept them from having continuity throughout the preseason. So uh, a few series together probably wouldn't hurt. Getting Garoppolo as confident and as comfortable as possible is uh, is mandate number one for Saturday. So uh, I'm going to hop on a plane early tomorrow morning. I'm going to go to Kansas City, hopefully get some barbecue tomorrow night. Uh, hopefully figure out something fun to do. Hopefully the weather will be good in KC. Um, and obviously traveling to Kansas City and, and the Raiders going to Winnipeg is just way better than the than the Raiders and, and 49ers actually playing each other in the Bay Area. Um, given the fact that, that the Coliseum and Levi Stadium are, are 37 miles apart, we wouldn't want to play two Bay Area teams against each other. We would rather send the Raiders to Canada 
and the 49ers to Kansas City, where my travel time as I connect through Denver is going to be about six and a half hours. Um, but it's going to be a lot more fun than than like a half hour drive from San Jose to, to Oakland would have been or the other way around if, if the game would have been at Levi's. So really good job by by the NFL and the Niners and Raiders to uh, to just completely avoid the the geography here and uh, and make sure we fly uh, to another country and and halfway across the country uh, for these these all important preseason games. There are a lot of people probably <laughs> driving to their jobs listening to this right now, wishing that they had your job. That's and complaining, true. And complaining about getting to travel to watch a football game. I'm not complaining not about traveling to, to get do. to watch a football game. <laughs> I'm complaining because it's just stupid. I think like, yeah, I know what happened the last time these two teams played in the preseason. Yeah, and I understand what happened in the parking lot that night at Candlestick Park. What but I'm your saying convenience is... convenience in travel... <laughs> I mean that's fair. That's 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 fair and warranted. I'm just saying instead of the teams chartering jets, big ass jets and running out 100 rooms in a hotel somewhere, maybe invest like half of that money in improving the security so you don't have to worry about any like serious crimes getting committed and the Raiders and and 49ers have played two preseason games since that night. And there were basically, I mean, there were no fatalities. Uh, so I believe in humanity. I think the Niners and Raiders could play a preseason game without there being any serious crimes committed against humans. Like, I think I, I believe in humanity enough to where we could make that happen. And you know what? If we had to have it during the day so there would be less alcohol consumed, let's do that. I'm fine with it. I can go. I can. We can all go to bed earlier instead of having to go to Kansas City where I'm going to leave the Arrowhead parking lot at 2 in the morning on Saturday before getting on an early morning flight out of KC. But I'm not bitter. It's fine. I'll do it. Hey, can we stop the podcast now? Let's do it. All right. uh, We'll talk to you guys next week. We'll have a review of of Jimmy Garoppolo's big game Saturday night, preseason week three. And we will talk about cuts. And maybe the fourth preseason game, though hopefully there won't be much to say about that. And uh, you guys have a good weekend, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon.